how are you? Uh, so if you're listening to this in real time, you'll notice it's a few days late, for which I apologise. Um, timings and interview dates and things, kind of, that's just how it worked out, really. Um, so, yeah, I apologise for it being a few days late, but... You are in for such a treat with today's episode. So in today's episode, I talk with Ebony Georgier of Nettles and Bees. I'll let her introduce herself and her full bio is on the show notes. But Ebony runs Nettles and Bees, creating the most divine herbal products. Um, And she's got a few other offerings related to wildcrafting and foraging. And I highly recommend going over to her Etsy page the link for which you can find in the show notes um, to have a look at her offerings but in this episode her passion for herbalism and for sharing this practice with others especially those who may not have come across it before really comes through and yeah I can't wait for you to have a listen and get as enthused about it as she is. Um, Just a few things that we discuss in the episode so we talk about her definition of rewilding and wildcraft her journey with herbalism her experiences with different plants um, and why she prefers to spend a long time with one plant rather than rushing and trying to get to know all the plants at once her earliest memory of nature and her love of the outdoors what being creative means to her and how she overcomes her creative blocks how new motherhood has affected her creativity and productivity, the importance of patience and gratitude and teachings from her Aikido training. This was such a nourishing conversation to be a part of. Ebony has this wonderful kind of quiet way, which is just really lovely to hear. Um, So I really hope you enjoy listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. So as I say, you can find all of Ebony's information in the show notes Um, you can look at her completely divine Instagram page on nettles and bees Um, and yeah so pop over to the show notes and have a look and all of the links are active so they'll take you straight straight through to her Etsy shop and all of her social media and if you are enjoying the podcast please do remember to rate and review it because it really does help it get out there Um, I would be eternally grateful to you especially if you're on Apple Um, where it seems to be a lot easier to do rating and reviewing. You can also pop over to my website where you can find my own writing offerings and all the links to my Buy Me A Coffee page and you can subscribe to my Substack newsletter which is new. Um, I'm putting all of my workbooks, all of the stuff that I used to offer on Patreon, they're all on there now Um, and I'll be sending it out once a month with lots of lovely things for you. Um, so my website is www.promptedbynature.com.co.uk um, and my Instagram is prompted.by.nature. Again, all of the links are in the show notes um, uh, along with, as I mentioned, Ebony's full bio and all of the links to her pages. So enjoy the conversation. The writing prompt for this episode will be out um, on Thursday. I really hope you enjoy it and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. I'm Ebony Gilgier and I'm owner of Nettles and Bees. Um, Nettles and Bees kind of started focusing on herbalism and learning about different plants and, you know, how we can work with them. And drifting more into like wildcraft things. So now I'm making more things plants uh, trying to add more products and also like foraging and foraging products and basically trying to bring all of this 
things together by working with different projects or different businesses and um, creating different products which can bring people into this kind of area of interest. Um, yeah, so that's that's briefly. <laughs> what I mean, yeah. yeah. So so how did how did it how did nettles and bees start? Because it feels like such a formed offering like it's so it feels really complete and like you know like I mentioned earlier like you know your your imagery and the products and stuff how did it all where did that all start? So it's interesting because I have a geological and um, environmental background so I did my degrees in these subjects so I've always been interested in like the outdoors and nature and just like the land like underneath my feet I've always been thinking about it and it's interesting that I kind of drifted more into like soils and learning about plants when before it was also like rocks and these different formations and looking at things in from that bigger scale I started to look at things from the smaller scale like the, the plants that make up the, the land for example mm. and different things and I just grew more of an interest in how how much they goodness is in them, how much they offer us, and as, especially that I always kind of miss that, or I walk past these plants or um, different like wild food, or somebody would call them anything that pretty much is is giving as well. But also you can learn and see how that influences like the land around us so I started you know reading books and using apps which can help you narrow down and identify plants and then when I go on walks and things I would take photos and come back and try and understand and learn and it slowly grew into wanting to make things with those plants and also I have I have interest before in like creating oils and oil infusions so it's it's interesting now when I think about it because nettles and bees kind of brings everything like brings all like my background and my interests together and it just seems a bit natural how it just formed you know and nettle is obviously the first plant that I learned about and bees just because I really love bees and they're just so awesome and important and they're really cute as well. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it came about really. And I started working with um, like-minded people. So like forest schools, I do some workshops or like foraging workshops. And because of COVID, the first, there was a foraging festival um, in 2020 but it was online, but it was still very good, you know, to see the interest that people had in nature, especially being indoors for the COVID. Mm. So it's interesting how that formed and it worked together. And recently I also worked with an art studio on rewilding and foraging. What does that mean, you know, to people? What does that mean to me? And also teaching a little bit about what you see outdoors and daisies and you know things like this mm. yeah, that's how it came about and just watching it 
going naturally and organically really so mm. and you mentioned there the the kind of concept of rewilding and 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 before you kind of talked about wildcrafting what do those two terms mean to you you said like you you know you yeah, spoke about what, so what rewilding means to you what what do they mean the rewilding can it can resonate like differently for different people mm-hmm. so be kind of balancing your life with like nature and balancing how you live and mm-hmm. actually being more aware of the things outside for example if you go on a walk just taking time to see things not just as all green mm-hmm. but them down and seeing them also as okay they have like a life in a way and they have this importance and seeing them can also mean rewilding like your own mind and also rewilding could be if you have a space in your garden just putting more flowers or wildflowers to bring more pollinators and like help them as well so I find for me rewilding is also reconnecting with the things that we know like ancestrally Mm -hmm. and learning about different plants and you know being excited about how great dandelions are and being like, no, don't cut down that dandelion. And you know, when you see the council outside and, the, oh. and you're like, what are you doing? I know. And, you know, you feel that um, from like within. And I feel like that that's what rewilding means to me, you know, definitely. It's like a, a natural thing and I'm kind of reconnecting back to how we were mm. and forward and wildcrafting is also basically creating with the knowledge that you gain through learning about plants mushrooms berries uh, trees and even making things like cordage for example from like nettle fibers and that's a different side of rewilding or just maybe even like berries using that for like jam and different Mm. things like this and like herbal products for hair and skin so there's different areas of rewilding and I think that's what that means to me Mm. I love that you mentioned about the jam (laughs) but like you know you go into the supermarket and there's like jam everywhere you know you go to the and fully stocked shelves of jam but I love that you said that's a form of rewilding is like working with the berries and making jam because it seems so yeah I don't know I just it just hasn't occurred to me yeah <laughs> you know it's like our ancestors and they would do these things without thinking but we kind of lost this um connection and it's good as well to try and reconnect with that and there's no really rush I and mean, I hope there's no rush because I mean the way things change so much in the world it's good to know and some things as well and it's good to have that independence and know that you can rely and work with nature um but there's always always chances to learn and I, that's why I really like, like foraging and herbalism because there's always new things to learn and it makes you realize how much is out there mm. yeah with making jams and syrups and making anything with you that you like so it's really nice. And you mentioned earlier about um, the nettles being your your kind of almost like your way in. What was yeah. it that happened that 
that kind of took you from because you kind of talked about you know you went from the rocks to the soil what was it about nettles that drew you Uh, well with my background so I really was into like rocks and just seeing formations as a big picture you know and doing like mapping and and then slowly slowly I think I just thought the plants and things looked really pretty and I was like oh it's interesting and just seeing how they work together and like die back and and they're changing over the different seasons and slowly I kind of started reading more and my husband is from Romania so he was telling me different things like like folk kind mm-hmm. of things from Romania and how they would use nettles for hair and even you wash you make like a nettle tea and you can use that to wash your hair and you leave that in and it strengthens it and that kind of even gave me more of an interest like oh I need to look more into how this works what is it that makes this so good and just seeing that there were so many nettles around me and I never had ever looked at them before Mm. so I I told myself okay I need to learn at least one plant for a year and really know about that plant so I started with nettles that way and just learned so much and how their superfoods, you know, and the different things that you can do with them. Just the list is almost endless with them. And I found that that was really the best introduction to this world for me. And yeah, kind of added on another plant and slowly building my knowledge. So it's been really good that way. Mm. Do you find that, because obviously the science part of yourself like the scientist in you that's obviously been quite a big part of your life doing uh degrees in in that aspect was that a kind of shift for you to move because you know you said you worked with nettles for like a year which is amazing to hear because I think there's there's such a you know maybe human nature or maybe it's just me to like rush through things of like oh I I know that now so now I'm going to do that was there like a kind of I don't know, like the intersection between your science background and maybe the more intuitive aspect of herbalism, like did one influence the other or did you have to move away from one to get to the other or Mm -hmm. did they just kind of help each other? How did that kind of work for you? To be honest, they kind of (coughs) didn't really move away, but it helped me understand a bit more and just take the time as well, um, having that background and, you know, having to study first such a longer time or focus on one thing for such a long time or that helped me in this aspect when I was learning more about nettles and so it kind of joined together and I have I don't really remember that much but I read a book I think you might have heard uh, braiding sweetgrass sweetgrass yeah a lot of people that like read this book and I've really resonated with the lady because I think she has um, a scientific background she does yeah also she's trying to reconnect with her like roots and seeing how that merges together that I think that really happened with me as well you know trying to come away from such structural thinking and go naturally into thinking you know like just just observing as well so yeah, it just merges together, definitely. I, I didn't, I haven't really left that behind. You know, sometimes when I see 
like a landform like oh it's just oh it's so nice and a million years ago and I'm like, oh, okay yes to stop <laughs> ranting about it but then also I find that I sometimes do that with plants as well I'm like oh well oh this plant is so good you actually do this and this and this and so I think that's definitely the science background coming through yeah it's like a cascade as well. Once you start, it's like you see it everywhere. Connections. Yeah, and you can't unsee it, you know. Yeah. So once you start um, seeing the different plants and like different families, it's like, wow, there's so much up there. Mm. So much mm. learn, you know? And the way that they grow together as well, you know, for example, plantain um, growing near nettles. So you can use the plantain for the sting from the nettles. It's just wonderful when you think about it in that way, you know. And I would say it's like purposely made in a sense in that way. And also having the science background, I know that they try and shy away from things like, oh, it was made on purpose. Or, but sometimes you see things and it makes you think that there is a reason for these things. You know? There's no reason. There's that expression, isn't there? What grows together goes together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I can't remember where I heard that, but yeah. Um, so I'd love to kind of go back a little bit and talk about your connection with nature, but more specifically your earliest memory of nature, if you have one. Um, yeah, I remember. So my earliest memory, I would, I would say, I don't know if I was more conscious about the nature around me, but I just remember that I felt really, really good being there I would go um, to I think I think it was Margate it's really random <laughs> but I'd go to Margate with my mum and my stepdad and my sister at the time when I was really young and I struggled to remember s- some of my childhood but I always remember that being there and being by the sea and just watching and hearing the waves there was some kind of connection and I just wanted to be there all the time. Mm. And I have I had done a public services course when I went to college. So I would be more outdoors. And we would go on like hikes and go to like Yorkshire Dales and oh wow. I remember standing on the hills just feeling I don't know, when you feel the wind and it makes you I think it's almost like in your roots, you know, you, you mm-hmm. feel connected to something. And you feel like the energy of the, it really intrigues you, like what this is. And that's how I got into wanting to learn about um, nature and the earth and geology and especially like our environment, because there's definitely like a spirit in that. Mm. And that I think you feel when you're standing on a hill, for example, or just watching the waves, there's something else. And that kind of drew me more and more into nature. So it, it was slowly adding all these experiences, adding all these like outdoor trips and things on top of each other that kind of made me like, I think, who I am and who I'm in, what I'm interested in now. So mm. Adding on, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think those like, like you said, you did public services at college, those like formative years. Yeah. When things happen in those years, it can be so influential. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As a young, uh, at a young age as well, and not knowing what you want to do, but at the same time, you 
you have this interest but you're not quite sure what it is mm-hmm. so it's yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um so tell me about your your creativity and where that comes from because you know I, I mentioned before about your photo your amazing photography and mm-hmm. I watched your um I can't remember what it's called on YouTube the little video that oh, you so lovely like where does that where does that what is it that influenced like where does your creativity come from and how how does that show in you so with me I luckily my husband also helps with like filming and he he taught me a lot with photography wise um because I I don't know I struggle to get my creativity out sometimes and I think I train myself and to almost set up a mood which helps bring that out. And I think that's what I do. That's why I have the area, for example, in my garage that I just keep for just nettles and bees mm-hmm. and set up the mood and, you know, put plants and different bottles. And that helps me really bring out what I have in my mind because sometimes I, I struggle to bring that out so I think if people also feel the same there's always a, a very good place to go that helps you to bring your creativity you know make notes and then go back and have a look at those things and that's what I do and I find that the photography as well really helps because I can pretty much make a different world and for different photos and I really love that I really love taking photos now and especially of like still projects and different products I really like that side of things and being creative I think for me is it's important especially because of the sciencey side kind of puts that down almost just because it has to be so specific you know and also in my part-time job as a lab technician I work at a school and that always has to be very like specific and to the books as well you know whatever you're making in the lab and it's nice to have that time out where I can just be my other side or something so balancing it's it's really important for me so yeah that's why I bring my creativity Mm. it's like a freedom isn't it Yes, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's good to have because sometimes you also might not realise that you're you lose that side of yourself. So it's good to have that side where you can bring forth your creativity as well. Definitely. And if you said, because you said sometimes you find it hard to bring that out, um, do you have like a place that you go to is there somewhere like an outdoor space or what do you kind of do when you are feeling a little bit blocked is there someone that you, somewhere that you like to go or something that you like to do yeah. I I tend to just like to go for walks um luckily when I started with nettles and bees we were living somewhere where we had like a big garden so we were living in like an annex and the lady had a really huge garden with lots of wildflowers and she was really into um like rewilding her garden and mm-hmm. letting things grow and I would just go out there and sit you know in the grass and just watch 
watch the animals because sometimes you get I think it's muntjack deers mm-hmm. just running through. Wow. Screaming because they make the, the winter sound. You know, it's like, what is that? So these kind of moments, like just, you know, that's what I would do, like going outside, looking at the different flowers. And that's how I started as well, adding on more and more um, flowers to like knowing what they are and what they do. And now because we moved, we moved to a nice town where we still have the nature walks and like the Thames. So I just go by and stand under like willow trees and just kind of relax and breathe. And this, this really helps me a lot. And I think it's important for everyone, mm. you know. I'm sure it's hard for some people because, you know, they might not have such green areas around. So if they can make something indoors, just like a small area to just look at a, a plant, for example, I think that would help as well. Mm. That would definitely help. And has I just I was just thinking because you said you know you're you're not long ago a mum. Yeah. Um, has motherhood contributed to the creative? How has that kind of played out? Because I know how it played out for me, but I'm always interested to hear how motherhood has affected so definitely, or whatever your definitely with the first first few months um I think there was a bit of a pause on things and but I had this eagerness like okay I need to continue with what I'm doing as well and also to have something to teach um my daughter as well and to see that mum's doing something interesting for her to also to pave a way for her so mm. now it's interesting because when I'm with her I kind of like put her in her in her little swingy chair and try and do like a layer of the crystals in one room and then go back and see what she's doing and she's busy watching something and then I'm like back doing another layer or like putting an oil infusion on and going back so it helps with time management. Yeah. <laughs> you realise, okay, I need to have a plan, I need to do this and this. But I think we can do it, you know, because that's what we were born to do and it comes naturally. And, yeah, growing into that and it's slowly getting easier to deal with. So definitely motherhood is its really interesting, you know, just holding some something that is so close to you and just relating that back and trying to build for them and definitely it, I think with nature as well that's how you feel like just held mm. I'm always trying to add, add things to teach my daughter so yeah definitely motherhood just it's improved who I am <laughs> I have to say and my time management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You there's there's no motivation like having to get something finished because yeah. it's gonna end. Yeah. yeah. Or the time when you know after you feed them and they have a nap and they're, okay, I have like three hours to do this before. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I remember it well. Oh gosh. <laughs> um. So I wanted to kind of talk more specifically about um kind of the plants you're working with your your herbalism and 
I wondered at the moment, because you said that you started off by working with nettles, is there a plant you're working with specifically at the moment? So now I have the two main um, products. So it's the nettle uh, hair oil and the calendula balm. Mm. So calendula has been the other plant that I've really, really kind of grown close to in a way. And I've, I use, like, I drink lots of the teas as well. And I know that marigolds are very good for you. And also for skin, calendula is really huge. Even you can see it now in, like, all the high street calendula products, everything, because it's really good for, like, sensitive skin and like, healing. And I find that calendula and nettle are the main, main plants that I've been using. And... Adding to the nettle oil, like rosemary for hair, mm. is really good. And there's like soothing and nature of lavender, which I've added. So these are the main, main plants so far. But I would like to work with more. I think currently I'm, you know, doing the crystals. So, and also the pouches, which. Oh, they're beautiful. Change a little bit, you know, <laughs> my initial but I, I might think more about adding more and more plants and this kind of things. But yeah, but I like that with the crystals, I learn a lot of patience because I have got the, or picked the flowers and some flowers also um, are like given to me. So if, for example, my mother-in-law buys flowers, she gives them to me and then I dry them oh, wow. and that takes time. And, and then doing the, the epoxy as well takes time, but I think that's a good lesson. So it's really good to learn how there's, these things are not rushed and nature as well doesn't rush. So that helps with understanding, for example, the seasons and oh, I need to wait for this season for nettles to be at their best or this next season for like different roots and it, it helps both ways you know so it's really interesting in a way it all works together mm. yeah and I wonder does it feel quite empowering I think you mentioned earlier kind of you know when we were talking about the jams on the shelves this idea that you can kind of do it yourself yeah there's kind yeah. of a sense of like empowerment in that isn't there yeah, definitely definitely there is and I think I like that side of it as well because I found that Oh, I can make, um, for example, a calendula oil for for my baby, or I can make um, like a balm for myself, or like my friends, or even making elderberry syrup, which is really good for for you when you're feeling sick or ill. And there is an empowering feeling in that, and being able to reconnect with these things that I think anyone can access really. You know, because you have that in you, um, like that knowledge in you already, and definitely makes me feel empowered. You know, like oh, I don't have to go out and buy this. You know, but nature's already provided this. I can just dry it and come back home, and and also being grateful and um, to nature as well. I always remember that saying thank you and things like this has really helped. Um, me be, be grateful and also empower it so mm. yeah definitely empowering um and 
What inspires you the most about your work with plants? I think just adding adding more to my knowledge. Like I like to know a lot of things. Like I know a lot of things, but sometimes I find they're like really useless uh, facts, and that's probably because of TV. So of course. <laughs> so I like knowing really useful facts and trying to like add more of that into my brain and just being able to know that maybe if I'm stranded somewhere I can possibly survive mm. and give myself and like those around me a chance and understanding how we can work with what would always be there which is like trees plants um, mushrooms berries even if far like what we know of society might go, you have some knowledge that you can pass on and you can use as well. Mm-hmm. And I think if more people did this, and let's say uh, what we know of society does go, we can rely on um, those around us and we can help each other in that way. And hopefully we can build towards a new um, way, you know? So that, that's definitely what my insights and definitely what's really influences me with learning about the new plants and things. Definitely. I love that. And it feels like you are part of that movement because you yeah. are, share, you know, you, you, you create your amazing products, but you're also sharing that, that wisdom. And um, it's like what you said about, you know, the ancestral side of it and the, because you know, when you were speaking about braiding sweetgrass, um, Robin Wall Cromero, like that kind of indigenous indigenous wisdom that she has of the land that she's on and her own yeah. ancestry. And then that's what we have as well as, you know, the, the wisdom of this land and, and ancestors and yeah. that kind of all coming together. Definitely. Yeah. And it's I think it's good to be connected to that because some especially nowadays, everything's so fast-paced I think we can just lose ourselves and my uh, my sensei he says sometimes you get lost in the blender of uh, society and the blender of life and sometimes you're just going round and round and you can either be in the center of the blender or, or the outside and it's always good to be on the outside but also be able to flow with that blender Mm. so having this knowledge and things will allow us to flow and continue as society even if we don't have to rely on let's say supermarkets a thousand years from now we're still flowing and growing as a society and as humans and this will keep us going because it's kept our ancestors until you know even until now so definitely I I forgot you is it Aikido you do? Aikido, yes, yeah. How long have you been doing that for? Oh gosh, the, honestly, since COVID, the years have just merged oh, together. I? I know, and you've had a baby, which means <laughs> time just disappears. I think it's been three years. Oh wow. Yeah, I think it's been three years. It was when I moved to Oxford which was I think it was three years ago yeah the time the time has just merged but yeah it's, it's been really good really, yeah. really good 
does that play a part in in like does that bring anything I mean you know the wisdom that you've just shared from you said your sensei has that does that it does a part in what you do it does um so before I was pregnant I was doing more of the classes and I like that Aikido is more working with the energy of the opponent as well Mm. or necessarily an opponent just seeing that person as well as just a human and I think that's the the nice side of it which is a bit different to let's say karate where it's like okay it's really like punch 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 okay I need to get rid of you but Aikido is nice because you flow more with the energy so if the person's coming towards you like you flow and this I think this helps with life in general just to be able to adapt and go with the flow, but also not lose yourself in it. Mm. And I like Aikido because there's a lot of, um, there's a side of it, which is more like philosophy and Zen um, teachings. And when I was pregnant, I would I would join in on the online um, Zen lessons, which I found really, really beneficial. And it helps you to see things in different ways and like with your feeling and understanding why you know maybe we're here or understanding how nature is and I think everything plays together very well with Aikido and like loving the outdoors and wanting to feel a reconnection so yeah definitely does does work together Mm. I suppose it's that like thread of energy isn't it it's all the same energy it's just forms maybe yeah it's true definitely definitely so there's a few, um, well, there's a couple of questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Um, so the first question is, is there anything that you've learned on your path thus far that you would like to share with people, like a teaching mm. or just a lesson? Or I think probably to be, to practice being patient and that everything Things have a specific timing. For example, if I wanted to use nettles in a product, I need to be patient, you know. I need to wait to that perfect time in spring or in on its second bloom when they're right for that product. And I think this is important and can translate into life. Um, so it does definitely being patient and at the moment, like, I'm a fairly new business, but I think using that and just watching myself and the business grow organically, Mm. that definitely plays a part. So I I would say practicing being patient is is very important. And it definitely taught me that as well. And I think it's important because nowadays everything is very quick. You know, we want things like now and things like prime doesn't help you know things like the next day or even in the evenings but yeah I think if we miss being patient and and learning this lesson from nature it could be difficult for us in the future so yeah I have to say actually I think that's what I really admire about what you do and your business is that and I was thinking this when you were talking about, you know, the nettles and the calendula and lavender and eventually something else 
you know, your work with something else. I love the fact that you have this smaller but utterly gorgeous, exquisite offering that is clearly so like, you know, these plants. And I think that comes across so well in what you do and in everything that you offer, whether it's the, the you know, the film or the photography or, or, you know, the products themselves, I think. I really admire that because I know from having I, I you know I used to have a product based business and mm-hmm. I'm very of the like right have to do this bang 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 and eventually that was what wore me out and you know after seven years it was like I can't do this anymore and I when I look at you what you're doing I just think yeah it's just really inspiring because that you can see the time that goes into it even the you know what you said about having your space in the garage which is just for nettles and bees and you've you're giving yourself that time in that space and yeah I find that so inspiring and just really wonderful thank you thank you it really comes across um so your hope for the future and this can be big it could be little Mm. it could be I mean it's all big isn't it but (laughs) Uh, for the future I think just keep doing what I'm doing and just see, you know, how, how I grow and just see how Natural and Bees grows. I think working with different um, like-minded people, like on different things, for example, talks like this mm. um, myself and more projects with different um, businesses. Like I said, I did some workshops with forest schools or um, things, projects with art studios. I think getting this idea of rewilding ourselves and also learning more about nature to a wider scale of people, that's probably what I would hope for the future, definitely. And getting more people involved in um, and raising awareness on what's around us and just taking the time to to see what's around us as well because mm. I know we miss a lot of things um, in, in outdoors and we just walk past a lot of things but if more people would be aware and like do it sustainably mm-hmm. which is important um, yeah that's that's why I'd hope for for the future definitely. Mm. and just out of interest what was it you were doing with the art studios? Uh, so the art studios um, they wanted to have so basically a photographer and basically do a project on rewilding and um, what foraging was. Oh, wow. And so I wrote a little, it was like my first time working with the art studio and they used one like article. I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? And then luckily my husband used to be a graphic designer. So he would explain like, hey, you need to do this or this. So I wrote um, like an article about foraging and rewilding and different things that you can find in spring, which you might have seen in your garden, you know, but you've never actually taken the time to look at them. For example, like oxide daisies or clovers, which everyone knows like clovers or daisies, but we don't really know about them. And yeah, it was very good because that studio is more um, open to um, the public and it's in London. And it's good because different um, people also would see that. And 
and maybe get more inspired into nature that way mm. which would an interesting thing because I never thought about it that way that it could be done in a sense through art and but yeah that was very good a very interesting project mm. I mean what you're doing is an art isn't it it's you need that you know if you think about well, when I think of an art or an art form, I think mm. of the training that goes with it, the learning, the then sharing that and figuring out how to put that into. And that's exactly what you're doing is yeah. it is an art. Whether you think of it as, as an art or not, I think <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> you're right. Definitely. Yeah, it's true. One, I forgot to ask you one question. The question I wanted to ask you was um, you have like a really strong aesthetic. For your business did you did you know that that was like where did that come from because it is so striking and and it it's just you like I look at the pictures and even if I haven't seen the handle even if it's just a product I know it's you did did was that there first did you know or did that kind of come out as you were creating so as as I was creating it kind of came came forward um I've always really been interested in more like the darker like aesthetics or like moody um, photography and I've always been really interested in like certain aspects of like the Victorian period so that influenced the the logo and the colours and even the styling for example like certain clothes and things that I would have if I go to a market um, and I remember that i always been really interested in the Victorian apothecary style that's and exactly how it feels yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to like recreate that and yeah I'm glad that I, I do because I, I really love like even how their weights were when they were weighing things and like how the bottles were shaped uh, I love all of that stuff <laughs> but yeah that, that's my influence Victorian apothecary style oh awesome I had to ask you that because I like I, I mean every word I absolutely love it I see it and I'm just like I want to live in that world <laughs> thank you I know right it's it's nice to recreate that you know especially now because it's good to have that moment of okay I'm here now and this is the scene and this is what I'm doing and you know just having that pause from the, uh, our lives is good mm, <laughs> it's very definitely, definitely. I have really loved this conversation. It's been, it's been really, really good. It's gone so quickly. I just looked at the time. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> so before we go, I would love for you to share like where people can find you, how they can find, about, find out more about what you're doing, where they can buy your products, all of that stuff. Um, so now I am mostly like posting what I learn on uh, Instagram and Facebook but I use Instagram more mm-hmm. and you can find me at nettles and bees on Instagram and I pretty much post there my products what I'm learning um, each plant that I'm learning about I it's kind of like a note taking place for so a place where I keep all my notes and so you can just have a look at them as well and kind of introduce yourself to to the outdoors and nature and yeah I post pretty much everything on my Instagram and um, I sell my products on Etsy currently 
Um, hopefully I'll have my own website soon, but I heard websites are a bit of a nightmare <laughs> to yeah. be making them. So yeah, I'll give that a go. Currently <laughs> 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 Instagram and Etsy um, or Facebook. Yeah. And is yeah. it, and it's just nettles and bees on Etsy? Yeah, nettles and bees in one word on Etsy and on Instagram and Facebook, there's the small like dash in between them. Thank you so much again. This has yeah, been, been lovely. Really, really great to talk actually. Yeah, yeah I really loved it.